Welcome to the grounding. The grounding is at the intersection of canonical and early Christian scriptures. Each month, a lectionary gospel will be placed alongside extra canonical texts, the holy scriptures of early Christ communities which were not ultimately included in the Bible. The grounding is a place for building community by supporting one another in understanding the rich history of Christian sacred texts and exploring what they might hold for us today. Whoever you are, and wherever you find yourself on life's journey, know that you are welcome here. Our first reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Thomas, sayings number 30 and 48. Jesus said, Where there are three gods, there are gods. Where there are two or one, I am with them. Lift the stone, you will find me there. Split the piece of wood, I am there. Jesus said, If two make peace with each other in the same house, they will say to the mountain, move away, and it will move. Community is hard. Building a life-giving social network around a sense of values and identity is hard work. Building a life-giving, sustaining, healthy society is even harder. It requires the coming together of various communities and various identities around a shared sense of geographic location or a set of governing values. In our COVID-19 era, this is something we are all too familiar with on so many levels. Humans have an innate biological drive to be near to and social with others. We are communal creatures. Our physical survival is often predicated on our connections to other people. More importantly, our mental and emotional health is rooted in social interaction. While us, human beings, are communal in our very nature, healthy community is not an innate skill. We yearn to be together with others and we have no easy way to figure out how to do it. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. 
stand for my political beliefs, or stand for my moral convictions. Stand with some, or stand with all. Me and mine first, or the good of society first. If you've been paying any attention to the struggles of our nation, of our society, then you see this playing out in real time, with real consequences. These are, in many ways, the same questions the disciples bring to Jesus. They want to know how they are supposed to create a new community in the midst of chaos, in the midst of Roman occupation, and in the face of what being in their community has always meant to them. They want guidance on how to do something new and life-giving in the midst of the world as they experience it. The lectionary gospel drops us in the middle of this discussion as Jesus instructs the disciples on how to engage with one another. What will their community look like when they are in disagreement? How can they answer Jesus's call to maintain community in the face of perceived or real wrongdoing? Jesus answers, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. In our modern world, I want to laugh. <laughs> when the two of you are alone? This is not how humans typically behave. When someone hurts us or someone we love, we rarely go directly to them and talk with them. Even for the most mature among us, we often go and talk it over with a friend first. Sometimes we post about it on Facebook or we go live with a rant on the audacity of some people. Rarely do aggrieved individuals go directly to the source and have a meaningful conversation in private. And we all know why. You're probably thinking about all the reasons you would avoid this right now. The other person won't hear what you have to say. You might be attacked again. The person might double down on their assault and hurt you even more deeply. Many times, this just might be the case. Jesus continues in his instruction, if trying to have a meaningful conversation doesn't work one-on-one, -on -one, bring someone else with you and try again. Go with one or two others so as to present only the facts. If the person hears you out, you have regained the person. If this doesn't work, take it to the community. The goal here is to be heard and for the two parties to be reconciled. I imagine this would be akin to a troubled relationship taking the next step of going to counseling. If this were a coupleship, this would be the time when you bring in a therapist, someone who can help you listen to one another more fully. It would be reaching out to someone who can help you express your hurt and your pain without the name calling and the vindictive language. The key here is listening. When someone comes to you to talk about something you have done, first, listen. Second, listen. If you can't listen and the person comes again with others, then listen. Keep listening. What a world this would be if perpetrators of division and hatred listened to those they hurt. 
rather than argue syntax or perpetuating misunderstanding by refusing the point brought forth because they didn't like the delivery. So Jesus says, listen and listen some more. Keep listening. Not much more is said on how to reconcile. Just listen. God is present when we are engaged in authentic community. Thus, God is present in our listening. This seems really simple and quaint. Now, let's be real. Passages such as the one we're on in Matthew have been used for a long, long time as a way to justify ganging up on someone. It's at the heart of loving the sinner and hating the sin. That interpretation entirely misses the point. Understanding the text this way leaves God out. Jesus is instructing his disciples to come to the person who has hurt you and have a meaningful conversation. In that meaningful conversation, you will find God and discern God's will together. Coming to the conversation with a conception of what God wants in the situation places our human intellect over the power of the Spirit to show up and make meaning in places of reconciliation. Coming to a conversation with the conception that you are completely right and have nothing to learn by engaging the other makes yourself a god. When you hang out with like-minded people who always agree with you, you turn yourselves into gods, and Jesus is not with you. The Gospel of Thomas tells us, where there are three gods, there are gods. Where there are two or one, I am with them. Where people believe themselves infallible, a god with a lower G, they make themselves God with a capital G. And Jesus is not among them. Jesus is with and among those who continue to seek. Christ is with those who continue to seek authentic community. Jesus drives this point home right after he states he is among the one or two. Split a piece of wood. I am there. Lift up a stone. You will find me there. Jesus is found in the midst of the seemingly mundane matters of life and creation, in the pain and in the hurt, in the disagreements. God is not far off. To reconnect to God in those moments, dive deeper, look more deeply, lift up the stone, split a piece of wood, listen more deeply to find the meaning inside the words being expressed to you. Later in Thomas, Jesus says, if two make peace with each other in the same house, they will say to the mountain, move away, and it will move. If the two in community who are odds because of the hurtful or close-minded actions of one make peace, they can move mountains. Reconciliation can do that. Practice this with your kin, with your community, with your people, so that you can do it with your society and with our nation. If we cannot even attempt to reconcile with those close to us who hurt us, how can we ever expect our nation to do the same? 
I encourage you to open, listen, hear each other, and make new meaning together. What a world it would be! What would it look like instead of name-calling and ostracism, Donald expressed his hurt and pain to Mary for her book? What would it look like if the goal of talking to one another wasn't embarrassment, but reconciliation? What would it look like for our nation if those in power had the capacity to listen as well as to speak to one another without malice and with honesty? It looks like moving mountains. It makes impossible things possible. Healing does that. It changes everything. We feel the presence of something holy, of something beyond the me and mine. We make authentic community, and all involved are changed for the better. Let us bind such a thing on this earth, on this nation, and let loose God's unconditional love.